Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Lockdown, aka Light the Fight listeners. I'm David. I'm Heidi. And if we sound a little echoey, that's because I'm in my guest bedroom. And Heidi is up in her castle, up <laughs> uh, in her Rapunzel loft. <laughs> Actually, this is very a multi my multi purpose office. I sleep here, right. I work here, I um I study here. It's all the things right here. Nice. All right. Very very accessible. <laughs> Well, I, I'm kind of having a little bit of fun with this whole Zoom thing, Heidi. And uh, uh, last week, a couple of people, um, oddly enough, my wife, a couple of her clients, um, she knows that we're talking to They're like, hey, they're talking to me about the last episode. They really like the last episode. And and I was happy because I wasn't sure, you know, with the whole Zoom thing, if it would just sound different to other people. Obviously, the, the you know, the audio sounds different. So we got two reviews that it did not suck, so I'm just going to take it and run. Um, that's a win. Let's just keep going. That was a great you know, episode. The, keep going. The great thing is that everybody's kind of, they keep saying this, we're all in this together, so everybody gets it. Everybody mm-hmm. knows. I mean, how amazing, we've talked on here before, that I love Jimmy Fallon. And um, I don't know if you've been watching. It's been actually really fun for me to watch Jimmy Fallon and Ellen, I, I also watch a little bit of Ellen here and there, um, how they've adapted and they're doing their shows from home. Yeah. You know, including their kids and. Or just going on a walk with the selfie stick. Yeah. You know, down the street. And, I, I think it's fantastic. And. Well, it's much more um, personal. Relatable. I, I, I think uh, this whole uh, COVID-19 thing might just kill TV because it was dying anyways. I would much rather listen to Jimmy Fallon interview a celebrity for 30 minutes. Well, not interview, have a conversation with a celebrity for 30 minutes than hear a five-minute pitch on a movie that's coming out. Oh, and I, I think that's what uh, podcasts really ruined it for big you know, media outlets. And you remember when I was working back with KSL back in the day. You know, yeah. Great people, and I loved everybody there. But I swear, to get the most simplest thing done for the podcast – it took days, sometimes weeks, when you know Brandon just jumped on and you know did it in a couple hours, and so it's just to see how many moving parts and how many people have to have a comment and have to be a part of the creative process. I can only imagine it'd be like twenty people trying to tell you how you should make your products. They're like, well, they're my products, so twenty people what? trying to tell you to make your product a certain way. That's going to only slow up the pipeline. One, I mean, it's going to definitely slow up the pipeline. It's amazing to me that that, and that's one of the things that I, I really think is cool about this time is the adaptations that normally, like, you know, maybe would take six to nine months to a year to make something happen, and companies are pushing it through like boom. I mean, even Brand and I were just talking about the IRS and the stimulus and um, unemployment. 
before this, in order for you to get into unemployment, get all your paperwork, it could take months before you got through. And now there's, they're fast tracking people. Their policies have changed in order to really serve people. And I think, you know, we, we, you called it, we called it, this is what we talked about is that in times of struggle, in times of need, change happens at a much faster rate because the, because the need, you know, which is really, it's really cool. So it's fun to see this happening in all different facets. Um, last night I was watching TV, not for very long. I've stayed away from TV. I am not a news watcher anymore. And, um, there was a Facebook live on that was being played on CBS and it was, um, Garth Brooks and his wife, Trisha Yearwood. Is that right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, yeah, yes, yes, think it's so. exactly right. <laughs> I do like um, Garth Brooks though. So, and here's what was interesting. Like they had people on Twitter, like listening or responding to people on Twitter and people were sending in live requests and they were playing them live yeah. acoustic. And I thought, yeah. okay, this is some entertainment. This is really, I get better than that. Cool. so anyway i thought that that was it's you know i so i had an interesting thought i'll share with you just really quick um right now when we're recording it's it's april what april 7th today is when we're recording this podcast episode 27th it doesn't really matter but continue (laughs) right it doesn't accept that this is holy week right this is the week before Easter. And um in and among some of my friends, we've been playing the high highs and lows and who the heck knows. You know, which I think well, we're all getting a big Easter egg this Easter. <laughs> we're all getting one big Easter egg this Easter. Well, here's what I thought about is like even in the in the Easter resurrection story this is the week of the ultimate highs and lows <laughs> you know uh, the ultimate highs and lows and to me and i'm just going to get a little bit religious so, so sorry for just one second um because it's really on my mind even someone like the savior even jesus christ perfect has highs and lows and who the heck knows you know, and I was thinking about how you have the the ultimate low, which happened in, in his life, and the ultimate high, which happened in his life all within, you know, one week. And um, the ultimate, who the heck knows? I mean, he, he, know, he knows, right? But his apostles didn't know, and his people around him didn't know. And so nobody in any circumstance is um, immune from the highs and lows of right now, what, what's going on? It doesn't matter what your business is. It doesn't matter what age your kids are. It doesn't matter what station of life you're in. This, this interesting epicenter what we're not them you know this interesting covid situation 
has highs and it has lows and it has a lot of who the heck knows. And I think that that's one way that we can connect with each other. Um, that's been, that's been a tool that you've taught for years now to me. And I continuously fall back on it because I really try to be someone who sees the good and I want to see the good and I want to look for the good, (laughs) but dang it. It's not all, not all roses and butterflies and rainbows, you know? Um, Yeah. So go ahead. I was going to say, and um, I'm glad you're doing that with your friends because um, when you're asking people, even if people have never heard of that concept before, it's real simple to, if you're asking someone, hey, like, how you been lately? And they're like, well, you know, things, sometimes that's just really vague. Like, how you been lately? We're in the middle of a quarantine. We have all this stuff going on. It's pretty safe to say, even if you've been good, you've definitely been better, right? <laughs> like, like, even if your situation's not that bad, it's not that great, right? So when, when we have the opportunity to tell someone, hey, so like, hey, just want to give you a call. I just want to know about your highs, your lows, and all the who the heck knows going on in your life right now. So you're telling someone, I want to know about all the different variations of you, not just the part that you feel comfortable telling me, or not just the part that you feel like I want to hear, especially in a world that, you know, just because the quarantine's happened doesn't mean that people automatically just stop comparing themselves to one another. That, that doesn't right. just go away. And so now it's like, okay, well, am, am I quarantining as good as this other mom? You know, right. You know, like my kids are starting school and her kids are ending school during the day. Right. My <laughs> kids started spent... in the afternoon. They started, they got done at one thirty. My kids, uh, you know, binge watching the office and they're reading like Shakespeare or something. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> um, but just my point being is that starting a conversation, just a little tip. It's like, Hey, and I just want to know about all your highs, your lows and who the heck knows. Cause a lot of uncertainty in life just allows someone to just let you know, be aware that you actually want to know about them instead of making someone feel like they have to tell you, you know, how great, how strong. Because a lot of times we're, we'll share, you know, how, 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 how much we're just getting through it and we're knuckling down, but we don't sometimes want to say we, oftentimes people aren't likely to start out with the stuff that they suck with first, (laughs) the stuff that they feel like they're failing at first. You know, and, and I would say this, you know, I've had like, after after we lost Corey and somebody would say to me, how are you doing? And I would kind of look at him like, how do you think, (laughs) you know, like I didn't even, I I wasn't even sure. And then, and then I knew, I noticed that there was people who just didn't even want to talk to me because they knew they didn't know what to say, or they didn't know how to open that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, you know, we know how, that it's not an ideal situation for anybody. It's not an ideal situation, no matter where you are, what you're doing. And so rather than just coming with this, how are you doing? I think opening with the, so probably you got some good things. You got some things that aren't so good. What's, what are your highs and your lows? And that way you're acknowledging that things aren't great things aren't ideal, but, um, but it gives you the chance to kind of talk about some specifics. No, I, um, last time we talked about different things, you know, you can suggest or do to 
stay connected with people. Um, Everyone that I've been talking to, I've been telling them, text people, call them, FaceTime. Um, A couple of people started because it's more, they're more of a writer. So they started writing individual handwritten letters to all these people in their life. And it's a way of communication. And I mean, these are people in their, you know, later teens, early twenties. So um, the, the thing that I was thinking about is some of the things right now that people are struggling with the most um, is not just ideas, how to connect. It's more of like the first get off, like the, the jump, like how to start it. Right. So a lot of times how we talk about statements, I will start with my friends. So for example, I was in the way I was in the best man of the wedding, my buddy Warren. Um, he called me this morning and told me that his mom, who I'm very close with, really close with, uh, has liver cancer, just got diagnosed, and he's got to drive from Iowa back to California because if he flies, he has to be quarantined, right? Like he's got to do all these steps and to go back and, and visit her, but he's got to leave his sons in Iowa. Like he's going through his time. But right when we started on the phone, we started talking and I could sense something was weighing heavy on him. He didn't want to bring me down because right when I got on the phone, I was in a good mood. So he said, I didn't want to ruin the mood that you're in right? because he was, I was being funny, this and that. So he didn't want to bother me with it. And so I sent something was going on with them. I go, all right, man, tell me. I'm like, dude, tell me right now what you got going. I, dude, I, I'm vibing from you. Something, some, something's off in the force. There's a disturbance in the force. And when he told me that, I'm like, why didn't you say anything? He's like, I didn't even know how to get it out of my mouth. Like my mom's like has cancer now. Like I was like, holy crap, man. And I'm like, dude. So sometimes this bold assertiveness, this assertive vulnerability where we make statements and go, Tell me your highs, your lows, and who the heck knows, because I'm just wondering everything's going on. Don't tell me about how great you're at quarantine. Tell me how bad you suck at it, and a couple wins you may have along the way. That bold right. expression to people, it shortcuts so much unknown, because so many people don't really know what they should share and what you feel like hearing. In, and I think part of the challenge and why I'm bringing this up is I noticed that in normal day-to-day um, interpassings with people, we were in such a hurry, we didn't really feel that people wanted to talk. I think a lot of people felt like we're in too much fast-paced life. If someone does respond to your text quickly, that automatically it means that they don't like you and they don't want to talk to you and you're down and low of their totem pole. With everything that's happened, we all have a sense of, wow, not only do I not have a lot of things to do, even if I was busy, I still have a lot more downtime. Maybe I could have a time just to have more of a conversation with people in passing on on, on the trail, you know, no matter where you're at, you know, FaceTime, whatever, just Reach out for longer, more in-depth conversations and be bold when you do it. Tell someone, I feel like I've been a crappy friend. I feel like you know I haven't called you enough. So instead of just feeling bad and crucifying myself saying I'm a bad friend, I'm going to call you and check the box. I don't suck as a friend today. You know? <laughs> I, think, I think that that's, I think it's so true, especially with somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Yes. You know, it's like, okay, how can we recap the last year and a half since we really had a conversation. So many people no. in my life are blown away. They're like, I haven't talked to you in years. I'm like, I'm going down my phone number list. If the world were to end tomorrow, I want to say what's up to as many of my friends and people I care about love that I can. And even if it takes months for me to get to everybody, I'm like, this means a lot to me right now. And not that it should mean a lot to everyone. I just noticed that as I'm doing it, how good it's making me feel. It's keeping my head above water with all the distress. I don't have a worse job than like a medical professional or a nurse. I'm not like in the front lines 
I'm kind of like in the fourth or fifth row. You know, it's like I get the mental, emotional, and I'm not saying the mental, emotional, and psychological isn't important. I'm saying like I'm not risking my life talking to a client through Zoom or FaceTime right. in my work. Right. Like I'm not risking anything. Okay? It's safer for me. But in in my line of work, if I don't keep my mental, emotional wherewithal above, you know, above the water, above board, and keep myself in a good place, then I'm going to give really bad advice. I'm not going to be able to be present and talk to people and help them with what they need. And so it's important for me to make sure that I'm doing all the things that keeps me above board. And it just so happens all this crap I've been talking about for all these years about social health. It's the number one thing that's keeping me happy along with walking my dog to so that his claws, he's got like no claws. He'll never have to trim his nails again. As long <laughs> as there's a quarantine, I mean, between walking my dog and making bold, intentional, long reaches out to people to connect with them in any way possible. It's, it's made this a very interesting time in my life right now. Okay. Well then let's do this. Let's switch gears from the people that you are reaching way out to, to the people that are in your face. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times, so talk let's talk about our kids for a second a lot of a lot of the stress that maybe adults are feeling like maybe a lost job maybe changes in you know you're a business owner and your your sales are down or you know this is affecting you financially or whatever i think that that's kind of top of mind for a lot of the adults out there and the kids they're really like that's I don't think that's lost on all the kids. I think kids are picking up on that type of stress from their parents. But in reality, like they're like, okay, I can take this online school thing. I'm happy to be out of school. And I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to run track or, you know, what, whatever are the things that maybe they, there are bonuses for them. But then on the other, the other end of the spectrum, you kind of get these moody people that you know one little thing out of line and they and they spark um i wonder like how can we do a better job as parents getting our kids to talk about how they really feel is it okay like this might be a stupid question is it okay to let your kids just complain to get them to complain to get it out to get it talked about should we have like a complaining session i was going to call it a b sesh but i won't because it's easter uh, week <laughs> well yeah you know, and, um well there was on there was like three or four questions in that one question I know, and <laughs> frankly, it's okay. no, frankly, that, I got no people on top of people, and yeah, I know that, that that that's not a problem. But could I just go straight to a solution? Yeah, that, that I think that that'd be great. Will help this um, again. I don't think I'm because I don't think I'm alone. Again, I have 21 years of mental health, emotional relationship, helping families and young people experience. And I have almost four weeks of quarantine helping families and relationships experience. So I'm just starting school right now, okay, myself. 
Um, but one thing that I that I did with one family and it's working really well, and this has been a few weeks now, as you as we all know. So for our loyal listeners, they will know what I'm talking about when I say the family business model. When uh, for people who have come to our workshops, they know what the family business model means. They had you know, an hour and a half discussion about it, lots of questions, you know, lots of conversation about the family business. In real short, look at your family like it's a business. Right now, the business is on hold. Now imagine this for a second. Imagine you're, especially those people who have been a manager of owned businesses before. Imagine you got this business. It's running. Boom, boom, boom. Just high clip. And there's, yeah, there's administrative problems. There's human resource problems, right? Yeah, this is your family business I'm talking about now. There's disgruntled employees, aka children, teenagers, right? And so in this whole entire time in this family business, everybody has a role. Your kids, even though they're disgruntled kids, they know they still have to get up in the morning and they go to school. You know that even though you don't like your job, you love your job, you hate your boss, your coworker, you got to get up and you go. Our routine is just constant. Go, 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 go. The days are over. We're done. And then all of a sudden another weekend comes and we repeat again. We were moving at such a fast pace in everything that we're doing. Now, when I'm talking to families, I'm telling them to work on their family business. I was always helping them with a normal family business that was operating in normal business hours. Now, since the company shut down and everything's on hold, there's a bunch of employees just sitting around with no work to do. Now, I don't know if you've ever worked at a company that had a whole bunch of lazy employees. Um, I have. I was one of them, probably. You get a whole bunch of lazy employees sit around that aren't doing nothing. You want to know what the number one or at least top couple of things they like to talk about is all the crappy things they don't like about the company. It's easy. Sure. You, if you're a lazy employee and you don't care that much about your job, guesses are you're not getting paid a lot. You're not in an important position. You're just sitting around talking bad. So you're not going to have the stresses of the people who own the business. You're just sitting around waiting for them to tell you to go to work. Well, guess what? You're out of work now. And because you're out of work, it's easy to become disgruntled and kind of just talk and, you know, kind of stuff like that. So with this family, what we did was, and this is, they knew right ahead. I've been working with them for a long time. They knew right ahead that they had to get on this quickly. Otherwise, their family was going to fall apart, really, because they got lots of kids. So what they did is we decided to make project managers. Every single kid was assigned to be a project manager. The teenage son who um, didn't hate any video games, liked them all. Like, you tell him, hey, what's your favorite video game? He's like, all of them. <laughs> yeah, this kid could play video games all day, every day. The mom and dad, instead of fighting with him about playing video games all day, they made a deal with him, said, we'll put you in project management of video games. We will allow you to play video games for this chunk amount of time of the day. But every single day, you have to play a certain amount of video games with every single one of your siblings, your project manager of video games. Now, the older sister, who is really good in, in homework and stuff like that, her job was project manager of schoolwork. So as mom was teaching, the older sister, she'd get down with her stuff easy, school's easy with her, and she'd go around and be a little bit of, you know, like a helper, like a tutor. Every single person that, that the dad was in construction, so he used project manager as the, in the analogy. So every single kid that was in the family was the project, very important wording, manager of a certain part of the family. Even the youngest one, they were the project manager of the toys. So that means it was their job to organize and put away the toys at the end of the night. Everybody knew their job. 
she had to keep track of the toys throughout the day. The other one's like all the video games, right? If anyone goes over their video game playing hour, that son who wanted more video game time, it was his job to monitor his brother and sister's video game time. How ironic, right? But it gave him more of his own personal video game time. So he's like, okay, there's something in it for me. Come to find out after a couple of weeks, them all having some sort of role actually helped them move through the week a little bit smoother. Now, I, you can't make up 30 jobs for your kids to do. You can't give them a really, see, as parents, we do have, you know, chore roles, requirements for high school, I mean, school and stuff like that. We have those roles, but it doesn't mean that there can't be roles where the teenager and the kid is actually helping the family. So we were just trying to think, how could these kids have something that they're adding to the family? For many years, I talked about kids nowadays, teenagers, not their fault. They don't do really much of anything to support the family business. Nothing. Going to school and doing what they're supposed to do isn't like supporting the family business. It's just being obedient. So in this opportunity, I'm like, how can we make this an opportunity where kids could give something to the family? Now this family is starting to get more creative. I see in the future what I see happening is those project managers, those kids, they're, we're going to sit down with them, do some meetings, say, all right, what are some new ideas that you think we should do? I had a very um, cool moment for me last night. Um, it's been over 10 years now that I've been doing these quit trip and support groups for teenagers. I told them 10 years ago, I met with a bunch of teenagers and we started talking weekly and running these groups, trying to figure out what would be the best way in 2010 to help a group of teenagers. And we have to create it because if there was something that was really effective in helping teenagers in the communities, then it would have already, we would have known about it. But these kids were all looking for somewhere to go for support. So I had these meetings with them and every single week I learned a little bit more in their situation, what they needed. Well, last night I asked them, I said, Hey, with the whole entire quarantine thing, the zoom, stuff like that, because we're doing our, our, our still tripping uh, support groups online now, what are some ideas that you guys think that would be helpful for the support group and this, and that, and the other, it's time to change 10 years have come and gone. We need to evolve. We no longer can do our support groups of the way that we created them because they were created 10 years ago, and that's outdated. The conversations I had with these kids last night, it was, I, I hadn't felt that way since 10 years ago when I very first started this group model. It's totally different now. It's still, still going to have the same component like surround, connect, and support with other young people. It's still going to have some of the same rules. But now it has to evolve. I'm asking every family to do the same thing with your kids, your family business. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Our world is changing whether we want to change or not. The best time to make personal changes is when you have to change. When you have to change something huge in your life, you don't have a choice. Might as well look in the closet and say, what else do I need to change? Right? What else do I need to go through and decide whether I want to keep it or throw it away? This is the time that we've all been waiting for. If we just had a time to pause our life, we would go back and correct the things or you know, patch up some things we didn't have time to do in the past. Well, now's that time, but it starts with our family. It, it doesn't really, it, me as an individual, I could give people ideas of what they should do right now in going home and having their own family business meeting. But the people actually follow through and do it, they're going to come up with great ideas they're going to post about it. They're going to share about it. It's going to get back to me. And then I'm going to tell other people to do it. I, I, there's no way I could tell you what's going to work for your family in a situation that everybody has to start from scratch. But I'm really excited about it. 
I'm really excited about. In fact, I'm so excited about that this one family that was doing this little thing. I thought, I'm like, how cool is that? This is the first time in the world that the smart ass kid in the family can have a role. He can be project manager of comedy. He has to put on comedy shows every single day. He has to video record some sort of TikTok video, something. Your job every night at eight o'clock after dinner, you got to make us laugh. We're waiting. Come on, make us laugh. Come on, come on. Okay, your job is music. Your job is to play some nice, calm music so we don't kill each other and calm down the vibe. Some, some church hymns or some, you know, you know, Taylor Swift. No, we don't want to do any breakup music right now. But you get what I'm saying, right? Something to kind of bring in a do, new vibe. Every single one of your kids has an attribute, a talent, a characteristic, and this is their opportunity to share it with the family. Do you remember when you were little, when your biggest thing was you got to perform in front of your parents and your, from your brothers and sisters? I used to think and want to be Elvis Presley. I used to perform I Elvis that. songs. Yeah, it, right? that's not a surprise. <laughs> I used to perform the hair, right? I used to perform <laughs> songs, and it was the biggest thing when I could be alone with my family and they could get to see me and my, what I thought was talent at that time. <laughs> so everyone wants that moment. We talked about it last week. We quarant, like we separate ourselves and isolate ourselves for long periods of time with small groups to get closer. If you don't, if we don't use this time to get closer, the opposite will happen. I love that because I keep thinking to myself, you guys know how I feel about meals. I hate, I hate planning. Meals. I don't really mind cooking them. I just hate planning them. And I maybe I just need to restructure and put somebody in charge, a project manager in charge of some meals. And um, and you know what they all want. So instead of paying with money, pay them with some social currency. Give them some credits and give them some things that they want. That maybe you've been a little tight on because you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm a little apprehensive. No, this is, there's a way to pay our kids and our family without buying them new video games and buying them new skins for Fortnite every time a new one comes out. There's other <laughs> ways that one was for you back in the day, honey. Well, other, believe me, other... that thing has cropped up. I, there's, <laughs> there's not a mom out here that isn't like, oh, the resurrection of the video games. What are we going to do? Oh, it's like for so much for getting your kids off video games during the quarantine. Now it's like, you know, video games. So um, the I, I forget. I forget exactly what, what we're saying right there. At that what were we talking about right before that? You just I saying that you I, said, No, I was just saying that I, I need a product manager of the. No, you were saying currency yeah, has to be something different. Exactly. Exactly. You know, not just not just with with money, but what else? The currency else is influence. If they feel like they have some sort of influence, as parents, yeah, we, want our kids that. That we want our kids to help the family. But little do we know, sometimes we want them to help the family in ways that they're not best suited for. If you have a band, I've used this analogy before. If you're trying to create a band, your friend's a great guitarist. You play the drums. Your other friend sings really well. Well, if you're good at playing the drums, you should not be the lead singer. You don't put the drummer at the lead singer spot and you don't put the guitar player at the drummer spot. You put people where they have their natural gifts at, they get their confidence, they start to feel like they have a role, that they're benefiting the business or the family in this situation. And then now when you ask them to weigh in on family matters, they're more inclined to say something because they feel like they have a right to. They feel yeah, like they're going to be taken that. seriously. And that can start at a very young age. You know, I think another thing, you, and you just said that, that 
currency is this wanting to be an influence, wanting to contribute something. Um, I've noticed that my people, like, we're all together. You know, we're all together all the time. And I'm noticing (coughs) the value in kind of going into one of their rooms and just being it 1v1. You know, just having some individual time to talk about whatever they want to talk about. I mean, we've talked about this before. I can't remember which podcast we talked about. Just um, that importance of letting them be the one to lead the conversation, be interested in the things that they're interested in. Because when we're all together and, you know, I have a 12-year-old that's trying something's really interesting, a meme or a video or something that's really interesting to them, and it's not interesting to their 18 or 22-year-old siblings, um, that can make them feel just so unimportant and unvalued. Um, and so it's important for me, it's been important for me and it's hard to separate myself, um, and have some, try to have some individual interaction, individual connection, um, separately from the group as well. Make each one of them a project manager's manager or something. They say, hey, we got to meet about this. Like, all right, how are you going to make us laugh, Connor? Tuesdays and Thursdays, you got to either put on some <laughs> sort of comedy skit. You got to like do, you got to give us a YouTube, you know, you know, parody skit. Like, you got to do something to make us laugh because you're in charge of comedy. Like, it, comic relief right now, I mean, the, we talk, we always joke, but everybody knows memes are the best thing out there. It's like, We'll sit it in my wife last night, sitting right next to each other in bed, just scrolling through, look at memes and sharing memes back and forth with each other, just laughing. Just, <laughs> it's like, we all need that. And it's such at a high, it's, it, it's so valuable right now that why not give that currency to one of the kids in our, in your family that is best suited for that? Because there's the one kid that it's their job to help the family not be so damn serious all the time. And that kid usually in the family system is the youngest child. And in your case, it definitely is. Hard. <laughs> so true. He would love that assignment. <laughs> he would love that assignment. Yeah, that's a, that's a great suggestion. I think that even in regular times, non-COVID times, I think that that's a great suggestion. But just even more, like everything feels like it's just more intense, more concentrated, more demanding. Um, and and. and, and- it can be overwhelming for moms and dads. Well, and, and that's why I want everybody to think back to your sports days. If you had them, it's if you have members of a team, like not everybody can be a starter on a team, right? If it's a team sport. So you got people starting. But if the people who are on the bench mostly either don't get to play at all or play very little, you have very little in, in interaction. If you don't get them inside the game, if you don't get them involved in what's going on, eventually they're just going to quit. Yeah. Like, why would you go to practice, work hard all the time, every single year, bless you, you know what, and you get no opportunity to play or to have any moments of excitement. So look at our- And a good coach is always going to look at those individuals and say, I got to figure out what you're good at because I know you want to be on offense. Get them in the game, right? They're just- You're so much better at this. Exactly. I got to find a way to get them in the game. And that's a good coach to keep the unity. As us as parents, we're trying to be that good coach. 
So if we find some things that we could say, I need your help, but I need you to be in charge of this thing. Yes, it would call, it would mean that us as the parent has to be a better owner of the family business. We would have to make that a point. Even when you're tired. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to do it perfectly, but this is the time everybody wanted a chance to go back in time to change the bad ways of their parenting, change the bad systems of their family. Guess what? Congratulations. Here you go. It's go yeah. time. Hut hut hike. I guess this I is the it. time to go. That's those are great suggestions. Because nothing like this to kick you right on out of your rut. You got no choice. It's yeah, like someone no. throws you in the deep water. You don't think, should I swim? Uh, I'm so mad that they threw me in. You don't have time to think about why did they throw me in? What's going on? Complaining about the maltreatment. You're just like, I better learn how to swim real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. Thank you. Thanks for giving me solutions to my 40 questions piled on top of each other. <laughs> no, I, I knew what you're getting at. I was like, <laughs> let me just see if we can have one big thing because it did address those things that you were talking about. Like, can they complain? Well, in that situation, can a manager complain to the district manager? Can the district manager complain to the owner? Of course they can. They're direct and communication it's, and to it's each important. other. They're supposed to. Yeah. If you can't vent to your higher up, then like who can like that's then the you're, not gonna exactly. you're, not you're not going to stick, stick around. You're not going to stick around. You're not going to stick around. So yes, your kids should be able to vent, and you should be able to vent to them. But we got to get better. Well, not we, meaning it helps to get better at venting without criticizing. If you're saying, "Hey, listen, I'm really stressed. I've had a long day," that's different from hey, you know I'm really stressed and I've had a long day, and it really all started by you not cleaning up everything. So now you're the reason why I had a bad day. That's what you're basically saying. That that's where it turns in, it turns from hey, I'm sharing to now I'm actually blaming. It's easy to do. Blaming people is easy. Like that that's an easy one. Yeah. Explaining to people, sharing with people what's going on, that takes a little more time, but it's easier to do that with someone who you consider a peer, a manager and district manager, they they feel like they're supposed to be in meetings together. Owners and managers feel like they're supposed to be communication. So if we want our kids to act like they have some sort of ownership in the family business, they give a damn about our family, well, then we would need to give them the opportunity to be in those conversations with us. So then they can come back when things aren't wrong and say, listen, I want to tell you something. I feel like I have the right to, to talk to you. Uh, I think I think now's a good time to bring, you know, to to reevaluate that org chart in the family, recognizing that the needs of the family are different and um, our space and our, our dynamic is different. Um, and and, and so for all, you're for absolutely all right. Real quick, I just wanna let you know, this is not a chore chart, just to be clear for, for everyone. I do not want you to say, okay, you're now in charge of all the weeding. You're now in charge of all this. No, chores are something different. When I'm saying you want a project manager, you don't put someone in a manager position. You're in charge of all the waste management. No, you're a garbage man. Like that's what you're telling them, right? Like I'm just, it's my guy. And like, that's a way to try to, to, to rebrand the chores. Okay. Right. right. Don't, don't want that. If we really want you to think about it, only, it really works well 
if you use that as like, what is this kid really good at? And I can motivate them to use their talents or attributes to benefit the family in some way. And so now that they're in charge of that. And so now they have some sort of role to play versus just sitting around and thinking, gosh, my mom's going to bug me about getting off the, getting off the screens and doing my chores. Well, it's a new game. Yeah. And so we have to evolve. Like, you're always saying, so I appreciate you sharing that about Quit Trippin'. It'll be interesting to see how Quit Trippin' evolves. Oh, it's I'm I'm really excited. Like I said, after 10 years, I'm like, wow, it's taking another step. Like, this is some space age type stuff. This is some Jetson stuff we're talking about here. Have you guys been Zooming? Do, yeah. you, do you Zoom for group? Yeah, we've done two already. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Well. Let's wrap it up. I think with that, um, we should take all the, I, I need to take this advice. This is probably, I mean, some real changes are needed in my little household. So I'm kind of going away feeling a little bit like I really need to think about this. I need to, I need to really, I don't know. You've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> I don't know if I came expecting, <laughs> expecting that. If, if you have an employee working for your company for 10 years and their job is no longer relevant anymore, it's just basically technology, something um, you just have such a great relationship with this person. You see that their talents first thing you want to do is you're going to want to say, how do I match the talent that I know they have with something that I really need? That's what, that's what our job and our role is in what I'm suggesting today is finding what can you match your kids up with? Something that can, A, give them purpose, give them a role, feel, make them feel like they're adding some value to the family, and I like how give them you're some wins. It. I just like how, you're, how it's not a chore chart. Like, these are, check your boxes. I like how it's adding value. Um, so you've given me a lot to think about. I appreciate that, as always. Cool. Um, big thanks to our listeners, wherever you are. Yes. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're doing while you're listening, we just want you guys to know that we're <laughs> we're we're all in this together. If I hear that one more time, I mean, <laughs> it's true. We're in this together. We feel it. We love you. We care about you. Hopefully, we go with the hope. Hopefully, you've been able to glean. <laughs> <laughs> some wisdom from David today and that this is something that you'll really take a minute to consider what ways can I take advantage of this total disruption to create evolution and um, you know big thanks to our community sponsor 1-800-CONTACTS yes. um, who they're not only keeping people <laughs> In vision, um, keeping their vision up, keeping people supported here in our community. We really love Win 800. We love their vision. We love um, that they care about, even though they care the most, they, they care about everybody's eyes. They care about having the highest quality and the highest quality of customer service. They care even more about our, our mental health and what's going on inside our families, which I think is really cool. So big thanks to 1-800. They've been with us from the beginning. We're super, 
thankful for them. Um, and of course, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast, spreading the word. Thanks for your comments, your questions. We love hearing from you. Um, oh, yeah. And thanks for um, not um, like abusing your kids and getting caught on videotape with the Light the Fight hoodie on that you got from one of our conferences. <laughs> that would be horrible for our branding. Oh, and I did that. <laughs> but thanks, thanks for staying sane, even though there's been all this craziness. Um, a lot of our, most of our listeners, we have no idea who you are. I've never met you before. But whatever you got going on in your household, in your life, keep on keeping on. If you're going through hell, well, don't stop, girl or guy, whoever you are. Just keep on going. Keep on <laughs> trucking. Don't freak out, you guys. We just oh, yeah, gotta, one too, don't yeah. freak out. All right, you guys. Thank you forever for helping us to light the fight. You are allowed to stab the balls if it's a sanitized knife. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end on that one. <laughs> Bye, guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.